Well, hello, my friends, and welcome to the worldwide broadcast of the Ted and Austin Brower Show, bringing you the latest world news and health research. Hope everyone's having a fantastic day. Hope you guys had a blessed, safe, awesome weekend together. Hope you guys enjoyed yourselves over the holidays and got to spend time with friends and family and not deal with too much traffic. I know down here in Florida, it seems like this year, uh, the entire country has descended on the state for, <laughs> for Thanksgiving it was interesting, you know, I was talking to a friend of mine who does some work in real estate, and he says what's crazy is, you know, during COVID, we had such a transfer of individuals from all over the country to Florida and buying up property and living, moving here because basically Florida didn't really have hardly any major restrictions as compared to like California where, you know, they could go arrest you. If you had dinner with your family for Thanksgiving, you had more than enough people. I mean, stupid stuff they were doing over there. And uh, what's happening is now we're starting to see the influx of not only people that moved here over the last couple of years during COVID, but now all of their families coming to visit them during the holidays of the people that moved here. And uh, it's been interesting. This is not sustainable in the state of Florida. The developers, along with the city and county commissioners, have been just completely and totally in cahoots together in developing massive amounts of Florida that there's no infrastructure set up in place. There's no roadways. There's no school systems. There's no hospitals that can handle this influx, yet it's still mass developing. There's been numerous reports that I've read now on the discussion of basically Orlando being a major uh, player in the 5G 15-minute city platform, which is not surprising me because it's such a major city in the country. And so it's just something we're dealing with down here. But other than that, it's still fantastic. We're still blessed, and Health Masters is still kicking right along, helping everybody stay as healthy and as strong as possible. And if you guys know, the Cyber Monday sale we usually always throw on for one day only, and that's the Cyber 10 coupon. This coupon only applies to regular priced items. No sales, no kits, no three-packs, none of that. But you can put in the Cyber 10 coupon code for all regular priced items on the website at healthmasters.com. So be sure to check that out. And also to the ashwagandha formula, which is already on sale for 10% off. Again, the coupon cannot be applied to that. That's a really good formula that really helps out with physical and mental stress and also restoring natural sleep patterns, which is really important. Because I've told people over the years, and I've seen this happen now with numerous people, when people start having issues sleeping, they start having issues getting proper rest. They start dealing with mental side effects from it. It can morph into other problems, and you, you start going into what's called a delusional psychosis. It's a bad, bad place to be, and sometimes people get very depressed. Sometimes they become very irritable. Sometimes they become suicidal, and so it's very, very important to do the best you can if you have a friend or family member that's exhibiting some of those symptoms and they're not getting enough rest or you can tell there's something going on with them, you know, to basically just talk to them about it. You don't have to necessarily, you know, sit there and, you know, get involved directly, but ask them, talk to them, reach out to them, let them know, you know, you're there to help them out the best they can. And you're there to talk to them. And if you have to get involved, get involved. But again, it's really important to understand that rest and sleep is crucial. That's one of the reasons why the melatonin formula we have, the melatonin sublingual, it's such an effective formula. And it's so positive because you can take, you know, break one in half, take even a quarter of one, and it really will help kind of kickstart that nighttime sleep process. So you can get adequate rest. Because remember, nighttime is when you grow. That's when you repair. That's when you recover, especially if you're working out and you're exercising. 
that's when you rebuild muscle tissue. That's when natural growth hormone is released and pulses and helps your body actually start to rebuild the muscle tissue and repair the cells and everything else. So sleep is absolutely crucial. So be sure if you're interested in that, the ashwagandha formula on sale right now at healthmasters.com. And one of the first things that I've been seeing now, and we kind of talked about it a couple of weeks ago, is the FDA now is coming out and basically putting out a new summary on the uses of partially hydrogenated oils and foods. And we've talked about before that, you know, hydrogen oils are unbelievably toxic to the body. They've been out for decades. They're unbelievably bad for the cardiovascular systems. One of the main things I always tell people to look out for, you know, with trans fats. However, if you remember, the FDA kind of skirted this whole topic and made it easier for companies to get around it when they essentially came in and said they're going to restrict the amount of trans fats that are available in foods because of the toxicity of them, because they're not healthy. Well, what they did was they simply allowed the manufacturers to just change the serving amount. So what they did was if it had to be under one gram or half a gram of trans fats listed on the label, they just made the serving size smaller. You saw this with chips. You saw this with certain cookies. You saw this with a host of different things. And so they just made the serving size smaller. And now essentially the FDA is allegedly coming out and saying that they're going to amend regulations and essentially partially hydrogenated oils, PHOs, they're going to put more regulations on them affirming that the food substance basically can cause health problems. Now, they said the issue, that we're issuing these amendments directly as a final rule because they are non-controversial given the public health risk associated with PHOs and increasing use of PHO alternatives. And we anticipate no significant adverse comments because PHOs were declared no longer grass, which is basically generally recognized as safe GRAS for any use in human food in 2015, yet they allowed the manufacturers to just change the serving size on them. But what's interesting about this now, and I saw this, I was reading about this the other day, is now what they're starting to discuss and starting to roll out is fat uh, intersectification, which is basically a different chemical process and biochemistry that rearranges the fatty acids of a fat product and typically a mixture of uh, triglycerides. This is a whole nother chemical formation that they're starting to do with modifying oils to basically use them and make them more shelf stable. This is not – these are not healthy. They've not been shown to be healthy. And again, this is something that the FDA is probably going to do to start allowing a new type of oil to be introduced and be used regularly. And of course, it will have no significant long-term research whatsoever, but it will be recommended that that's the new types of oil they'll start running. And I've told you guys before that's why it's so important to stay away from a lot of the seed oils, the grape seed oil, the uh, the rape seed oil, and the um, uh, soybean oil, canola oil, all those are really toxic. It was interesting. Yesterday, uh, me and the whole family and dad went to a restaurant in Lakeland, really good place. They got breakfast. It's pretty much all straight breakfast, and we got some eggs, whole eggs. You know, They made some eggs, omelets for us, and they had these uh, like brocatuffle potatoes. And they came out, and Dad asked me, he goes, what do you cook these? And they said, well, we cook those in soybean oil. So he said, well, I need you sent back. I need you guys to cook them in butter. And they did. It was interesting because I tried both of them, and you couldn't even compare the difference in flavor, taste, quality, everything with the ones they came out, the fresh ones they came out that were cooked in butter. And it was interesting because I was like, wow. I mean, it changed the whole taste of them. Yet these, these restaurants do this simply to cut down the cost because, you know, Soybean oils are ridiculously cheap. I mean, you buy huge jugs of it for a couple dollars. You start cooking stuff in real butter, it starts adding up really fast. But the quality and the taste and just everything about it becomes better when you actually use a real oil that's designed to be cooked in. And I mean, God gave us these natural oils like this with coconut oil and butter and all these natural things that we can eat that are healthy for us. 
yet the food industry has constantly pushed canola oil and grapeseed or um, soybean oil intentionally because they know the health effects from it are continually horrible on the body, especially with soybean oil. So something to bring out there. I want to bring that topic up. Always make sure you're doing your research, reading the label. Hydrogenated oils are very, very serious. They're not healthy, and there's absolutely no reason to be putting them in your body. That's why it's so important you do your research with what you're putting in your body and ask questions. What do you think, Dad, and how are you doing this morning on this fantastic Monday? Well, good morning, Austin. Now, this wonderful weekend, I hope everybody had a blessed you know, Thanksgiving holiday. I mean, we had a great time here. And, you know, Austin's right. Yesterday, we went to a local restaurant that uses real eggs, and we had everything cooked in butter. And then they brought the dog on. Uh, in German, you call them Bratkartoffel, which means fried potatoes. They're, they're pan fried. They're not deep fat fried. They're like, you know, seared, you know, in a pan, you know, with butter. Or with, they used, you know, you know, soybean oil, which was yuck. And I asked them, I said, what do you cook them in? And they said, soybean oil, and it would be redundant here. And all of a sudden, I said, well, can you redo these for me in butter? And they did. And the taste was ridiculous. It was better they were now. From a from a look standpoint, they looked identical. They looked identical to what the other ones did. But the ones in the butter were delicious. And the thing about this is, is that people don't realize is that all you have to do is ask in most cases, and they'll do that for you. Now, they don't like doing it because it costs too much money for the butter versus the soybean oil, like Austin said. But you get a tremendous, tremendous taste when you do that because it really it really does. It, you know, it's, it's amazing to me how when you when you do that. The, uh, the the flavor is just un, un, unreal how it works, how, how it feels so really, really good. Now, I want to talk about something else, too, because I talked about this to Riley last night, a friend of mine. And uh, it says China plans to mass produce humanoid robots in two years. Here's how experts think this tech will change the world by 2035. This tech could grow exponentially this decade, you know, within the next 10 years. And millions of robots could be teaching and working and doing construction and doing medicine and doing farming, et cetera, et cetera. And, and, this, and this is going to happen. We're going to have technology come out to a point where these humanoid-looking robots are going to come in and basically take over all of these jobs that people don't want to do. And I, I, you think, well, what do you mean? Well, what are the rest of us supposed to do? That's the question, isn't it? What are the rest of us supposed to do if our jobs are taken away by a robot that's driving a UPS truck or a robot that's driving, driving a FedEx truck or a robot that's delivering packages through Amazon? or whatever, or drones, or whatever, ever, ever, ever. Well, that's the goal of the New World Order, isn't it? To put these robots out in order to surpass, supplant human beings. We're not here anymore, and that's why they're reducing the population of the planet, because they're going to know, and they're going to know very quickly, they don't need that many, quote-unquote, laborers here on the planet. But there's another thing, too, and I talked to Riley about this last night, and this is something that we've got to think through for a second. These robots are going to look real, and sooner or later – it's, they're, they're going to be indistinguishable from humans. And so, you know, I talked about this before. I'm going to bring this up very briefly. We have to see what's happening to our culture. You know, right now we've got this feminism because of the cultural Marxism and all the things that have happened to the United States of America. And now they've told all the men they have toxic masculinity and, and they don't know what to do with these guys anymore because the guys are actually – some of the guys are still al actually alpha males and they don't know how to treat them anymore because quite, 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 quite frankly, alpha males are basically looked down upon in the society now. And you think, well, how can you look down on an alpha male? Well, it's, it's very easy. You tell, them, so you tell every alpha male that, the male that they're misogynistic. And all of a sudden, all the bad – it shows everybody's a bad, 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 you know, you know alpha male. And, and when, when, when you talk about this, you've you got to realize that this is the goal here. The goal is to separate people from people. The goal is to basically destroy men and women together as far as their relationship. It's to destroy blacks and whites, blacks and Hispanics. It's, it's, it's to break us up 
in the segments, in the groups, in the sports teams, so to speak, in which everybody has their own little group that they're mad at the other group because there's no unity of the believer. That's the goal here. You know, Alan Watt, the younger Alan Watt, not the older one. Of course, they're both pretty old now. One of them's passed away. He was talking about how they did that with sports teams, about how teams would come in and, you know, and, and supplant the person's ego. In other words, I'm a Seminole or I'm a Buccaneer or I'm a Patriot or I'm a this or I'm a that rather than I'm a, you know, Ted. I'm a Ted Brower. You can't you can't say that anymore. You got to be you got to be part of a team, and they can break us up and then manipulate us and make our thought processes coalesce with that team group, and then have everybody against each other. You know, people go to football games and get into fist fights. People go to football games, you know, and you know, and they bet and they get arguments and they're screaming and yelling and cussing. It's just it's unreal what they do at football games. And so I see all of this, but the truth is now they're doing the same thing with the humanoid robots. And China's going to have these things out here because remember in China. There are very few women left because of their one-child policy, and a lot of these kids were basically aborted you know, who were female because they were trying to reduce the population, reduce the population, reduce the population. So they are going to have robots that are women that are going to have fully full capability of women. Now, I'm going to stop here for a second because I don't want to make this a weird show because it's sort of getting weird anyhow talking about this stuff, but that's what they want. Because when they start doing that, when a guy basically has a girlfriend who's a humanoid robot and they can't tell the difference whether they're a real human or not, doesn't that reduce the population of the planet? There's not going to be any reproduction. And then they can go right back into the test tube babies and only have the babies reproduced and the way they want to have them, have a working class, a slave class, a ruling class, and all that and grow them all in test tubes. And this is the goal of the New World Order, to completely control the population expansion on the planet and to create whatever they want to create in a test tube. Because remember – this satanic group that runs the planet, they can't create life, but they can sure take things like you know a sperm and an egg and put them together and start manipulating the DNA. They have the ability to do that. And so the sad thing is that human beings aren't paying attention to what's happening, particularly women and men. The, the relationships between men and women have been fractured beyond belief. Now, I say that because now I'm in this dating scene. And I basically you know, realized that I've gone out with different women who basically have been raised in different levels of cultural Marxism. And you start seeing how so many of them don't really see the benefit of being in a relationship with a man who basically is going to be the provider or a man who's willing to do what he needs to do to protect that person. All that's been taken away now. And so you have this group of people that are using these dating apps that basically swipe, 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 swipe. And as soon as they find somebody that they like, they'll go out with them. But then as soon as they find somebody else they like better, they go out with them. And so there's never a commitment or connection that is allowed to grow between these individuals. And I've seen this repeatedly now with my friends that are in the dating world and, and having to go through this junk myself. And here's what I found out, and I looked at this recently. As soon as the, 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 these, 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 these humanoid robots become so lifelike that you can't tell the difference and they're fully functional in every aspect of the person's relationship, I won't go any further than that because I don't want to make this crude, what's going to happen is a lot of these guys are going to no longer even bother to date real women. Why? Because the real women have become so doggone mean and the guys have become so passive. The women aren't being attracted to them anymore. And this is all being done to destroy the nuclear family, to get rid of the mother and the father and the children okay, and the family dog and everything else that they don't want to have around anymore to basically bring us into this new world order that they want basically that's going to be you know, just technology. And this is the goal here of the satanic group because remember, they hate God and they hate you and they want to be you because you've got a soul and they can't. So they'd rather just destroy you. And the irony of all of this stuff – I mean think about it for a second – 
if you are a female and you have a, a male robot that looks exactly like a man and you can't tell the difference and you can program them to do whatever you want them to do or act however you want them to act or however they're going to be bought from the store, or if you're a man, it's vice versa, would you rather do that or date somebody who's an absolute nightmare? Yeah, how about that one? That's a question, isn't it? What would you rather do, have somebody you can get along with and actually enjoy being with or date somebody who's an absolute nightmare? And that's the problem, and that's where they're pushing this whole agenda. You know, there's this transgender stuff and all the crazy stuff that they're doing. I was talking again to Riley yesterday, and he said something about, you know, the Antichrist. He's going to be coming. He's going to be a Jewish male. How do we know he's not going to be a Jewish, you know, he says homosexual, gay. He's going to be a Jewish, gay guy that's also a transgender. That, that I guarantee you, I never thought about that last night because, because that's an hermaphrodite. That's exactly what they're looking for. Remember that the, the, old, the old TV show, the, the old movies, you know, Stargates, and with that very first one that came out with Kurt Russell – and that the person who was the ruling, you know, whatever it was, you couldn't tell if it was a male or a female. Remember, they always want to tell us what they, you know, what they're going to do to us. And then again, look at look at the Masonic lodges. In the highest degree, they tell you there's a 33, which is a third, and a third of the angels fell. And now they're using that number as a third again. And that these guys at the highest levels consider themselves to be the benign de Nephilim, the sons of the fallen, and they consider themselves to be the third. I mean, all of this stuff just kind of just reeks of what they're trying to do to us. And the sad part about it is, is so many people out there believe these things and want to be involved with these things and embrace these things. Even Elon Musk is saying now that Bill Gates wants to control every aspect of our lives through technology. And these international bankers are now coming out and saying that once we implement the new world order and we go to straight digital currency, we can control every single aspect of your life. I mean, think about it for a second. You go to the grocery store right now, you buy, you know, four dozen eggs, you know, a pound of butter, whatever. You give them cash. There's no record of that transaction unless they're watching you on videotape. There's not a digital footprint of it unless it's on the videotape. You know, there's no idea. They have no idea who you are. You don't have to put your name in to order this and to buy this stuff. But once it goes to a digital ID system, at that point in time, all your anonymity is gone. Suddenly you are being completely controlled by the state, and they decide they don't want you to buy four dozen eggs and a pound of butter. They just turn your card off. You can't lay the cash down anymore because cash doesn't exist. At that point in time, they can completely control every aspect of your diet. And of course, the same thing with these robots. If, if a guy's got a choice of dating a person who's an unbelievable nightmare or dating a robot that he can't tell the difference in, what's he going to date? Same thing with a woman. All of this stuff, pay attention very closely to behind the scenes and watch what they're doing. This stuff is being – we're all being set up for this stuff. And you think, well, you know, some, I, can, I hear guys saying, now, well, I'd rather date somebody who'd be like a Stepford wife. Do you really want to do that? Do you really want to date a Stepford wife that you can program? A lot of you go, yeah, I really want to. Well, wait a minute. Wait a minute. The, the question is this. You, wouldn't you have rather have somebody that's raised as a godly human being who loves Jesus, who basically wants to be a wife and embrace the responsibilities of being a wife? And wouldn't you rather have a husband who wants to be a husband, embrace the responsibilities of wanting to be a husband? That's what they've taken away from us. The Burning Platform had a very interesting article, and it says, America's dangerous desire to demonize masculinity must stop. It's authored by John McGillian from the Epic Times. It says, according to a recent study out of the UCSF School of Medicine, the average American female now lives 5.8 years longer than the average male. The gap hasn't been as big since 1996. It says, we need to understand which groups are particularly losing out of years of life expectancy. In recent years, it's become frighteningly common to hear the word toxic followed by masculinity. According to another recent study published in the International Journal of Health Sciences, men who view masculinity in a negative light are more likely to have a lower mental well-being than men who view it in a positive light. 
The aptly titled study, the belief that masculinity has a negative influence on the behavior is related to reduced mental well-being. Analyze the beliefs and behaviors of 4,000 men. These findings, these findings clearly demonstrate that the relationships between widespread misconceptions surrounding masculinity and how these misconceptions affect mental health. The findings also show that masculine attitudes are something to be preserved and promoted but not demonized. Wait a minute. There was a time not long ago when masculine traits, strength, courage, and assertiveness were celebrated by all Americans regardless of their sexual orientation or political affiliations. When did things change? In the 1980s, it seems. Commenting on a comprehensive study, William Dolan, there was a notable shift in how masculinity was viewed in the 1980s, specifically through the lens of which it had become viewed as more critical in nature. Masculinity, he notes, became synonymous with negative traits like misogyny, mentioned that earlier, and homophobia and linked to issues such as poor mental health and aggressive behavior. This unnecessary and entirely destructive transition, adds Mr. Dolan, was partially fueled by sociological theories, Frankfurt School, I'm adding that in, leading to what some call a deficit model of masculinity, focusing primarily on negative aspects. Mr. Dolan is right. However, he misses the bigger picture. The Me Too movement, I suggest, was the final nail in the coffin of masculinity. In 2017, the year Harvey Weinstein, sexual misconduct became public knowledge, the social expectations of men being changed dramatically so much that masculinity went from being problematic to being toxic, to be a virus in need of a cure. As it is clear, males who subscribe to the virulent, deeply flawed theory are more likely to suffer from those who are rightly rejected. Now, I'm not going to read you any more of this stuff because it just goes into more and more of what I've already said. We've taken the men and we've demasculated them. We have basically castrated them. We have made them a problem, have made them toxic because they want to protect their wives, protect their families, protect their girlfriends, and protect their loved ones and their children. That becomes toxic. Well, let me ask you a question. You've programmed an entire generation of men now that you're toxic if you're going to be a defender. You've got to sit passively and watch things go by. You've got to sit passively. How are you going to get on the boats of Normandy and invade you know, France if you're like that? Are you going to sit there and urinate on yourself and cry the whole time? I'm, I'm asking a question now. You're so scared of being a real guy that you're going to sit there and cry and urinate? And as soon as they open the gates and doors up, you fall down and start crying. You collapse and have a mental breakdown. Who's going to defend the United States of America from, from, from foreign, you know, from invaders, you know, both foreign and domestic? Who's going to defend the Constitution? Who's going to defend their family? You know, yesterday, I'm going to tell you this story. We were sitting in this restaurant having this breakfast and eating our brockatuffle. And I, and I looked at Austin. I said, I forgot my gun. I left it in the car. Doggone it all. I got up. I walked back to the car. And grabbed my pistol, came back in. Of course, I sit with my back to the wall, and I don't, I don't want to watch the front doors. You know, what's wrong with that? What's wrong with wanting to protect my grandchildren and my son and his wife? And he also, you know, he's, 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 he's caring also. What's wrong with wanting to be that person who's going to protect the people that I love? There's nothing wrong with that, to answer the question. This is a rhetorical question anyhow. But why in the world have we been taught now for these generations of time through the Me Too movement? Why did they have this – they had this Hollywood casting couch for years and years and years. Now, I know Weinstein was a pig. Don't argue with me about that. I, I know he's a pig. I can't stand the guy. He's a swine. All right? I got it. He's in jail now. Okay? But the reality is that type of behavior has been going on in Hollywood for over 100 years. Why was he suddenly singled out and picked out and finally pushed out and said, hey, this guy's done all this stuff and done all these horrible things to all of these women, which he did, all these horrible things to these women. And I'm not saying he should have gotten away with it. I'm not saying it should have been, anybody should have gotten away with it 100 years ago. But the point is, why suddenly now? Well, because they see the nail in the coffin of the final 
end of masculinity in the world. That's why this article is so good. I want to read it to you today, part of it anyhow, because we have to understand something. Alpha males are almost extinct. They're almost gone. Men have become so passive and have become such girly men, sissy men, that they really at this point don't know how to defend their family anymore. They don't know how to stand their ground. They don't know how to say, well, no, I don't want to do that. No, I don't want to do this. And how about this? I'm not going to do that. They don't know how to stand up anymore. They have no idea how to do that. You know, I've, I've spoken to so many ladies online on these crazy dating apps, which if you never have to get involved with that, thank God almighty. And, 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 you know, and they're all saying, we can't find any real men anymore. They're gone. They don't exist. They're a bunch of beta boys. And the sad part about this is this. How have we let this happen? How have we allowed society to degrade like this? Again, it's what we talk about all the time is cultural Marxism. When they came from Frankfurt, over, over from Frankfurt, from Goethe University into the United States in 33 and evaded Columbia University, it's taken them almost 100 years to put this filth through the system now in order to degrade the family unit. It's not about destroying masculinity in general, even though that's one of the, you know, the subordinate goals. It's about destroying the nuclear family. It's about destroying the culture that we have in the United States that made the United States once the shining city on the hill that everybody wanted to immigrate to the United States just to have, the, the, just to have peace. And now we, have it, we, we live in a country where everybody's scared of the FBI. They're scared of the CIA. They're scared of the government. They're scared of MI6. They're, everybody's terrified. They're, ter they're terrified of the IRS, all these alphabet agencies, that they're going to come in with some regulation or rule and take you and your family and put you in jail. It's unreal. We, we, it's like we're living in Gestapo Germany right now. We're living in, under, in Russia under, you know, under, under what they have with, you know, with all, of their, all, of, all of their secret police. It's like we, we're that way now here in the United States because they infiltrated us 100 years ago with this mess, and now we've got to sit back and look at it. This is why – I'm going to segue this. This is why we pitch such a fit about being forced to wear masks. This is it. This is the perfect example of that. No, we're not going to do that. No, you're not doing that to us. No, you're not going to force this on us. No, you're not going to make us do this. And no, we're not taking your toxic clot shot either. How about that? How about you can put us in the hallway with a broken arm, but we will not wear a mask? How about we did that? See, this is the key here. It's got to be the resistance. I mean, I heard one preacher say one time, even a dead fish could float downstream. You can't do that. Put on the full armor of God. Dig yourself in. Dig a, dig a foxhole position, for, metaphorically, and sit there and stand and don't back up and say, no, I'm not doing this anymore. That's the goal here, isn't it? As we now celebrate another holiday season, we just got through the Thanksgiving of Thanksgiving and thanking God for what he had done for us with the people that had come here originally and basically had survived the winter and basically were happy to be able to practice religion the way they wanted to. And they had Thanksgiving before God. That's what Thanksgiving was all about. We've got to have a full revival going back to Jesus and not allow this cultural Marxism and all of this stuff that people do. I mean, Facebook, come on, guys. I know more people have committed adultery and done horrible things on Facebook than you could possibly imagine. Because they start talking to people online, members of the opposite sex, start sneaking around behind their wives and their husbands. Don't get involved in all that stuff. Stay with your nuclear family. Protect your children. Make them put their phones down. Don't let them take iPads with them you know, to dinner. Make a deal. Put all the phones in the, in the basket when they come into the house when you guys have dinner together. And by the way, have dinner together. Have lunch together. Have breakfast together. Whatever you can do to share as a family, do it because that will maintain the cohesiveness of that family all the days of your life. Also, what do you think, buddy? What's your next story?
Absolutely. You're 100% right about that. That's what the media has done now. They've done it in the movies. That's why if you watch now, almost every single stinking Hollywood movie that's filth, that's why I don't go to the movies anymore. They always have it where, you know, the guy in the story now is basically this, this softy and he's running around. He's all scared and the woman's protecting him the whole time. It's all about subconscious subversion. They're putting the stuff subliminally into people's minds. They're putting this information out there on a regular basis because it's all fake. It's all theater. It's not reality. That's not what happens in the real world if you need something to happen that's just why they constantly are trying to do this to erode the concept of people being able to stand up and say no i'm not going to wear a mask i'm not going to shut down my business i'm not going to comply with unjust illegal requirements that you're trying to push on me they don't want any of that that's why they're doing every single thing they can like dad just said to teach little young males that they essentially are bad, automatically bad because they're boys, that they should never say anything. They should never do anything. They should never be strong. Sit there, shut up, stare at your phone and be a good little peasant. That's what they instill in them. And that's why it's so important to keep raising your children right because what they're going to start doing is over the years, over the years, they're going to start coming in and you know changing culture, which is what they have done now. You think it's bad now. You think things are changing now strangely for the younger generation. Give it another 10, 15 years. This is what's going on with this whole concept of hate speech. It's complete and total bogus. The entire concept with this hate speech is designed to do one thing, stifle any dissent against the government. That's what it's about. They do not want anybody speaking freely about what's happening. This is why you've seen now. Conor McGregor's gotten slammed now. He's basically under investigation by the Irish police for disseminating hate speech online. This is nuts. If you guys know Conor McGregor, he's champion MMA fighter over the years. And he simply went on a rant on Twitter the other day, basically discussing that the chief of police in Ireland is not doing anything about the massive migrant invasion. And these children that got stabbed almost to death by this guy that's been there now, along with all these other problems that are happening, he said it should never be there in the first place. He went on to say here, he said, any update on the well-being of the stab today? Absolutely horrific scene. My stomach is churning with no action being taken at whatsoever during this happening. More frequent events, literally zero action taken whatsoever. How do we expect this to end? We need some type of reform. Stop the illegal migration. Well, now they have stated that essentially Conor McGregor is under investigation by the Irish police for disseminating online hate speech. If you guys recall, just a few days ago, the um, Ireland's PM Leo Varak vowed to crack down on hate speech during the outrage of the migrant stabbing attack. CJ Bill 2022, which is basically being pushed in, will criminalize any hate speech possession on your phone or computer. Wait, wait a minute. So – if you have something on your phone like a Twitter post or a text message or an email or a social media site, well, then what's hate speech supposed to be designated as? That's the kicker, guys. There is no definition of hate speech. There has never been a definition. There is no definitive answer for what hate speech is. They've clearly and intentionally done this to make sure – that there is no ability to clearly define hate speech. So at any point in time, whatever entity is controlling the narrative can simply come in and say, no, 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 that's hate speech. Oh, you don't want migrants to come into your country and stab your children? You don't, you don't, you don't support that? That's hate speech. No, so hang him from the bridge. Arrest him. He said something online. I don't, I don't, we don't like that. You can't say that. Oh, you, you, you don't want individuals to be flown here from other countries and given free food and free welfare, free housing? That's also hate speech. Jail. 
don't pass go, don't collect $200, jail, automatically jail. Oh, you're you're questioning the narrative about another false flag event? Oh, no, jail, go to jail. Oh, you're questioning, the, you're not supportive of another country, carpet bombing another country in the Middle East? You're not 100% supportive of that? Jail, right to jail. That's what they're doing, guys. This entire thing with hate speech is a complete and total utter sham, and it's designed to do just that. And the only way they can really implement this is to have sanctions on people's behavior as soon as they say something. Hence why you're seeing what's happening now with the request for travel restrictions and carbon control and climate change. All these things are tied in together. There's a basically a co-op travel agency called Intrepid Travel and Future Labs Institute, and they just put out an article the other day, and this is disturbing. Now, again, this is something that we're going to have to continually be vocal about and push back on, but again, this is where it comes into the hate speech restrictions. They put out an article called A Sustainable Future for Travel, warning of travel extinction where some areas may not be able to have tourism because of personal carbon allowances that need to be put into place to restrict one's travel. The report goes on to say personal carbon emissions limit will become the new normal as policy and people's values driven in an era of greater change. Conscious and budgets permitting, we feel free to hop on planes from one place to the next, but this will change. On our trajectory, we should expect to push back against the frequency in which we can travel, with carbon passports set to change the landscape. Personal carbon allowances could help curb carbon emissions and lower travel's overall footprint. By 2040, we expect to see limitations opposed imposed on amount of travel that is permitted each year. Experts suggest, and that we're recommending, that we should be limited to carbon emissions no more than 2.3 tons each year per person. That's the equivalent of taking a round-trip ticket from Rio de Janeiro, Brazil, to basically Saudi Arabia and back to Brazil. That's maximum carbon emissions for all travel globally per person. That's what they want to require. You driving, all kinds of other factors, those all go into place. Then what they say is you get basically bonuses and you can get increased amounts of carbon limits if you do green things like buy an electric car. Here you go. Here you go. Or you basically restrict certain amounts of travel each year and you try to roll it over. So you limit amount of travel that you do. You reduce the amount of driving that you're doing. You reduce all these things. So you can continue to have more ability to travel here on a certain trip. Or if you need to, you can buy carbon tokens to increase your limit, <laughs> I can't even make this up. So you can pay additional fines, essentially, to be able to travel further. And then what they're saying on, what's going on here, is this is, ties into the second part of it right here. How do you tie in carbon passports? And this is a different article here. And this basically goes in from what a uh, macro overview from Eye on Evil Coin, essentially, is from multiple individuals who have added information to this. They said right now what we call the fiat money system uses debt for money. This is no longer sustainable. The new money will be some tips, symbolic tokens to social credit scores backed by personal carbon footprint quotas. Expanding on the theme is a new report from Future Labs on neo-collectivism, which may give us a hint on what they want to do in the future. They simply go on here and say that the World Economic Forum is teaming up with these groups to essentially restrict what people can and can't do with their digital currency in order to maintain carbon neutrality. Meaning once they go to a digital currency, at some point that they try to get it set up, at that point is exactly what dad just tied into. Oh, you can't buy that much butter. You're limited to one stick of butter per month. That's it. You're limited to one dozen eggs per month because, you know, it's about being green, bud. You're doing this to save the planet. 
you know, but oh, we have unlimited amounts of soy burgers that you can buy, though, that are full of estrogen and glyphosate. Those those are ready to go. They're on sale right now, actually. And if you buy more soy burgers, you'll get bonus credits on your carbon tokens. So the more soy burgers you eat, the more you'll be able to travel because, well, you're doing good things for carbon neutrality. That's exactly what they have planned here, what they're sensibly outlining that they're going to start doing. They're going to give you benefits and bonuses and rewards that everybody's already been entrained with, with cashbacks, by buying certain items. And other items are going to be penalized heavily and reduce the amount of travel and freedom and essentially rewards that you get on your carbon tokens and all the other aspects that they have now. This is why it is so important to maintain sustainability in your life and maintain the ability to have the independence, to be able to live freely, eat freely, talk freely. These are all crucial things because if we ever allow these things actually be implemented, which they're pushing for them right now, but it will be through compliance. It will be through people actually going along with it. That was the entire point of what COVID was about. COVID was more than just a bioweapon release. It was more than just an RNA gene therapy shot rolling out. Those were all huge factors, but it was multifaceted. It was much bigger than people realized. I told people that from the beginning. And one of the biggest things that they did from a beta test standpoint was they wanted to see the level of compliance that people would go along with if they were terrified globally. This is a global experiment, probably the largest global experiment we've ever witnessed on modern society. They wanted to see how far people were willing to push themselves, how far they were willing to comply, even though they did not agree, how far they were willing to compromise all of their values and morals, essentially, and not have friends and family over for Christmas, not go to church or not even attend outside churches in their cars because of fear of reprisal, not keep their business and their livelihood open, allow their children to literally be treated worse than inmates in prison. By walking in single file lines six feet apart while demanding and screaming these children keep masks on their face all day to the point that teachers at a certain school out in Nevada were taping masks on children's faces. They were so sadistic, taking duct tape, scotch tape, and taping masks on their face because the children would let it go below their nose. These are the things that parents allowed to have happen. These are the things that families and adults allowed to have happen and pushed onto them, and they went along with it. Because they were compliant. That's what it was all about. The World Economic Forum and these clowns, these sicko perverts, they knew they had to have a baseline. They had to see how far people were going to comply before they started rolling out this next phase. And it started in 2020. That was the time shift. That was the changing of essentially a new guard. That's why it is so important now. I continually encourage everyone to continually get the truth out there. Stand up for what you believe. Keep raising little Americans. Train them right. Let them understand what it's like to protect his sister or protect their brother, or protect their family. Continue to be supportive of that ideology. Don't discount it. Don't ever turn it down. Your children are there to grow. They're instilled by God Almighty. They have specific specific traits that are instilled by them. Allow those things to flourish. Allow them to go outside on a regular basis and get dirty, to build things, to break things in some cases, to learn these activities and continually keep them off the phones and iPads. I can't reiterate that anymore. The level of filth that's on these things, and it goes beyond more than that, though I've told you before, is these games and these social media sites, especially with young children, they're geared off slot machine algorithms. They're based off that brain and train molecule, that module to continually release dopamine and when these children get involved with this really really cheap short-lived dopamine at an early age it starts to rewire their brain 
Children aren't designed to have this type of dopamine response. Understand that. Children are designed to actually have to, in order to get that response in reality, in real life, you have to complete something. That's one of the biggest things that releases dopamine is you're going in and you have a task you're doing or you're building something and you complete it and you finish it. You're excited. You're just stoked. You hit a goal. You built a fort. You built a, you know, a dirt bike ramp. You went and did something. You just, you're, as a child, you're like, oh, yes, I did it. That's designed how the body's supposed to grow and the body's supposed to adapt. When you allow them to sit there on an iPad and swipe and push buttons, button, 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 like they're hitting a doggone slot machine the entire time. And then when you take the iPhone away from them or the iPad away from them, I've literally watched children go into full-blown hysterical screaming meltdowns on the floor in public because their parents basically had the battery dying on an iPad or they took it away from them, and they literally have a meltdown. Meltdown. Why? Because they're detoxing off dopamine. You just took their drug away from them. They're, they're going through detox now. They're going through withdrawals, and that's the only response they have because they, they're children, and they're emotional, and they flip out. This is not okay. This is why it's so important to do the best you can with these young kids and keep them off that stuff on a regular basis. You know, I've seen them before. I talked. It was funny. We, I was out with some friends a while back ago, and we were just going like a little little lunch. And uh, we were joking around because everybody was like back and forth, you know, and getting on phone calls and texts. And then finally we're like, all right, everybody throw your phone in the middle of the table. So it's like five of us. We all throw our phone in the middle of the table. And I said, all right, whoever touches their phone first buys lunch for everybody. Everybody goes, what? So, all right, see what happens. A little social experiment. Oh, dude, within like 10 minutes, finally one of the guys like, I got to check my phone real quick. I got to check my phone. I said, okay. He's like, I don't care. I'll buy lunch. I said, okay, buy lunch. And it was funny, though, because you start seeing this happen now with people where they get so wrapped up in it. And I get it. You got business. You got conference calls. I'm not talking about stuff like that. I'm talking about people that will sit there on their phone and swipe through social media and play on stupid games and all kinds of other stuff and sit there and scroll through TikTok for two hours instead of have a conversation. That's the kind of stuff that's absolutely embarrassing and why it is so important to keep the children off of it as much as possible. So continue, my friends, to keep raising little Americans like we talked about and keep getting the truth out there. What do you think, Deb? Uh, I think TikTok's probably the most filthiest thing I've ever had on my phone for one day. I mean, I, I cannot believe how much crap came across the TikTok screens, you know, people trying to contact me that I had no idea who they were. And uh, I recommend that nobody allow their children to go on TikTok, period, ever. Just, just, just mention that to you. And uh, it's not. I remember years ago. Oh gosh, one of my kids, one of my girls, got on TikTok and they had ended up with millions of views on some stupid thing they did was changing their face shape or something. And I remember it was uh, so weird to me because they became completely addicted to it. And so finally, I, I told them, I said, "That's it. We, this goes away. Delete it." And they deleted the account. Boy, they were mad. And, uh, and I said, I said, you see the dad or have the phone taken away. You, you pick which one you want. I'm not dealing with this anymore. And it's just you got to have that kind of resolve when you're dealing with kids. Now, also said something else, too. He said about completing tasks. You know, I remember years ago, both when Austin and Hunter, no, I'm sorry, Austin and Harrison were both, you know, in basically baseball. And, and, and for some reason, you know, midseason or whatever, that these either one, both of them did not want to finish the season. And uh, there was this was T-ball. It was nothing, nothing exciting. And I remember, uh, you know, they just they didn't want to do it. And I said, no, that's not going to happen. I said, you're part of a team. You're going to finish the season. Now, next year, if you don't want to start T-ball again, I'm okay with that. But you started this. You made a commitment. You've got to follow it. I remember years ago, it was so funny. Uh, I, had a, I had a boat, and we had a guy basically next door who said he could handle the boat and everything else. He wanted to show me how to drive the boat. And I remember he knocked off one of the ski racks. 
because he didn't know what he was talking about. And uh, the ski rack fell into the water. It was about you know, about four feet deep, and it was it was a cool day. It was it wasn't a hot day, but it wasn't a freezing day either. But it was one of those days that you know you don't really want to swim. And I remember Harrison said, he goes, well, I'm going to get jump in there and get that for you. The guy's name is Dan. I'm going to jump in and get that, 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 that rack for you. So, you know, wait a couple pounds. And uh, so Harrison put his foot in the water and he goes, up, oh, it's too cold. I'm not going to do it. And I said, no, not going to happen. I said, you made a commitment. Now you need to jump in there. It's only three feet deep. Grab the water, grab the ski rack, come on back up out and I'll give you a towel. And you know, he's about 10 years old. He goes, well, I'm not going to do that. I said, yeah, you are. You made a commitment. And then Dan goes, oh, it doesn't matter. I'll be able to, I'll get it. And I said, no, no, no. He said he'll go do this. He's going to do it. He's going to follow through with what he said he's going to do. He's going to have to be dependable. He's got to learn how to follow through and do what he said he's going to do. And sure enough, Harrison, I had him, you know, I trapped on the boat because I couldn't outrun him. And finally, he said, he said, and Dan said to him, I said, well, that's okay, Ted. I said, no, it's not okay. He's going to finish what he said. And then Harrison goes, you're going to throw me in, aren't you? I said, yeah, actually, I'm, I'm going to throw you in. I said, I'm going to throw you in and you're going to get that part. I said, you said you're going to do it. The water's clear. There's nothing down there grab it real quick and come on back up. And Harrison jumped in and got it. I told him he had to follow through because he gave his word. He gave his commitment to doing something. That's the resolve you've got to have, especially with boys and girls need to do it too. But with boys, they've got to learn they got to, when they say something, they got to do it. Same thing happened when they were both in karate. Also, and Harrison both have first degree black belts, you know, in karate. And both of them about halfway through got tired. He got bored with us. I said, no, you said you want to go to a black belt. I paid this money so far. You're going to finish it. So now once you get to the black belt, you stay with it, not stay with it, whatever. And they both stayed with it. They finished their black belts and got their first degree black belts. All of these things are little child lessons that they learn. Like Austin said, it gives you a dopamine trigger when you do this. And it gives you the satisfaction of completing a task and doing what you said you're going to do. So many people nowadays, they make commitments. They have absolutely no intentions on keeping. They make commitments because it's easier at the time when they're saying it to do something, to make the commitment, but they have no, they have no basis in reality. They have no interest in keeping the commitment. All of this stuff happens over and over and over again in the rearing of a child to the point that you condition that child not to do what they say they're going to do. Now, could I have said, okay, Harris, don't worry about it. I'll jump in the water and get this. Yes. What would that have taught him? That would have taught him that even if he doesn't want to do something, somebody else will pick up the slack and his commitments don't mean anything. You think, well, no, it would have meant that you didn't want. No, it does mean that. Every time you raise a child, you've got to make sure that you understand what you're doing to that child and how you're conditioning that child in order to be an alpha male, to be a person that people can trust, a person who keeps their word and does what they say they're going to do, or a person who's going to do whatever they want to do whenever they want to do it. If it feels good, it doesn't matter the commitment they make. That's like it's like we talked about that in personal development. It's like being late or wearing sloppy clothes or using filthy language or telling dirty jokes or smoking a cigarette during an interview or on and on and on and on. Who are you and how you're affecting other people? And I've asked you this before. I'm going to say it to you one more time. Ask yourself a question. What am I doing? What's it doing to me? And is that okay? What am I doing? I'm making a commitment to somebody. What's it doing to me? It's teaching me discipline and teaching me how to be the right kind of person. Is that okay? Yes. Okay, let's flip it around. What am I doing? I made a commitment to somebody, okay? But I didn't keep the commitment. I didn't do what I said I was going to do. What's that doing to me? That's making me unreliable and making me somebody that people can't depend on. Is that okay? No, it's degrading me. I don't want to be like that, and that's a pattern I'm going to develop for the rest of my life, and I need to stop it. That's why it's so important that you have your children in church every single week when they're young. They learn the pattern. i got to be in church. It's Sunday. I've got to be there. I know my mom kept me in the Lutheran church every Sunday, you know, until I was confirmed. I was there every Sunday. I mean, we had perfect Sunday school and church attendance. Every single year we got Bibles and we went in front of the church and got the Bibles because we were there every single Sunday. You know, she's German and she had to do it and she did it. And 
it kept me in a position of always wanting to be in church. Now I go to church on a, pretty much every Sunday to Lutheran church. Why is that? Because I was trained and conditioned that way as a child. That's why, like Austin, I talk to you guys so much about children. If you don't raise your children the right way, they're going to do whatever they want to do. Remember, the Bible says it this way. Train up in the child the way they should go, and when they're old, they'll not depart from it. Now, you can flip it either way. You train them up to do the right things, and when they're old, they won't depart from it. Or you train them up the way they want to go to do the wrong things, they won't depart from it. You can look at it either direction. But the reality is it has the same outcome. Whatever you teach them to do is what they're going to do. By the way, another story here with, you know, this is crazy from the Washington Post, if you can believe anything they say. Netanyahu and Hamas depended on each other. Both may be on the way out. Hmm. In 2009, when Benjamin Netanyahu returned to power for a second run in Israel's prime minister job, he has held almost continuously since. He was confronted with a major change in the region, Hamas, a militant Islamist group that had been elected to power in the Gaza Strip three years earlier. From the beginning, however, Hamas vowed to destroy Israel. Remember, Hamas is being controlled by Mossad, and in his 2009 campaign, Netanyahu vowed to destroy Hamas. What happened instead was a decade and a half of uneasy coexistence during which Netanyahu's serial governments and Hamas's leaders found each other useful for their own purposes. This is a partial truth story that you can actually read through. And they basically use each other. But remember, Mossad and Hamas are the same. They work together because the Mossad is undercover with Hamas. We need to realize it. By the way, Roger Stone, who I – I, I have – I don't want to say anything. He, he now is calling Casey DeSantis a really, really bad name for mentioning her children on the campaign trail. Roger Stone, a longtime advisor for Donald Trump, for former President Donald Trump, is backing him on his quest to reclaim the White House in 2024, called his wife a Florida governor a bad name. I'm not going to mention the name. Stone, Stone was responding to a post from failed GOP congressional com- candidate Mike Crispy objecting to Chris, Casey DeSantis' invocation of her children on the campaign trail. I don't have a bit of problems with DeSantis' wife mentioning her children on the campaign trail. I will absolutely differ with Roger Stone on this. It shows to me stability. It shows that somebody actually is caring about the people out there who have children and that we have children and we're going to take care of them. When I'd go on the seminar circuit back you know, in the 90s, I'd walk out on a platform with Sharon and with Austin you know, and would have 20, 30, 40,000 people in attendance, and I would introduce my family to the crowd. I did that all the time. Austin still remembers that. There's nothing wrong with showing the stability of a nuclear family. There's nothing wrong with showing that, yes, I have children, and I want them to be involved. And, yes, I love my kids, and I'm going to promote them no matter what. There's nothing wrong with that, guys. In fact, if we had more people who were proud of their families and their wives and their children, a lot of this breakdown of the nuclear family wouldn't have occurred. But that's the way it is, I guess, nowadays. Guys, I love you. I appreciate you so very, very, very much. Remember, we have that big Cyber Monday sale. You want to go ahead and grab something for 10% off? It's not a sale item. You need to do it now. It's very, very, very good sale. Cuts on our margins very, very deeply. We can't do it very often. But we want to basically let you know that we appreciate you so very, very much. I love you guys. You stand your ground. Stand it with Jesus. Also, what do you think and finish it up? Absolutely. Yeah, Cyber Tins, always we do it for one day on regular price items. You know, last week we did a big sale, but it was it was applicable to all items. Three packs, you know, four pub, four bucket kits, all kinds of stuff, which is a huge sale because you start putting discounts on top of kits. It really cuts it down. But, um, yeah, the Cyber 10, you can use it today. Stay 
ahead of the curve, continue to keep your body healthy and strong. I had a friend of mine earlier, they were texting me, they said, I got to order some more magnesium and vitamin C. And I said, you know, those, those are two staples. That's one of the main things they take that and the ultimate multiple. Keep it simple. They don't even go crazy with it. Obviously, we've got a lot of great products and there's a lot of things you can take that you probably need to take as you get older. But he's still young and trains hard. And I told him all the time, I said, you know, the vitamin C, the D3, the zinc for the immune system, you got the ultimate multiple, you got the magnesium. I said, your body can function really well. It's really quite awesome when you see what your body can do physically and mentally, how far you can push your body sometimes and to watch your body grow and progress, you know, especially if you're getting into the gym and you're seeing how many pull-ups you can do. And then next week you do try for more. And next week you try more. And all of a sudden you look back three, four months later and you go, wow. You know, I may have only been doing three or four pull-ups, you know, a couple months ago. Now I can do eight or nine or ten. And you watch your body grow and progress, and that's how our bodies were designed. You know, I remember years ago, one of my workout partners, just way back when I first met him, he was in college, like 18 years old. And I remember he wanted to come hit the weights with me one time. And I was still – I was back when I was still – I was actually training real hard. And I said, yeah. I said, I mean, you can come train with me. I said, you're going to be unbelievably sore you train with me. I said, I'll, I'll go easy on you. I said, we got to figure out where your baseline is. And I remember we got on incline bench, you know, with a naked bar. And he never really worked out before. He was playing soccer. He was having a hard time doing the naked bar, you know, on inclines. And he's trying to stabilize it and figure out how the stabilizer muscles work. And I'm like, yeah. So we got to progress. And, but I, I pushed him. I pushed him hard, and I pushed him fast. And he was 18, so I knew he could recover. It. He was eating super clean, and it was crazy because within, like, probably, I think, two or three weeks, he was inclining the bar, you know, with 25 pounds on each side, you know, basically 100 pounds on inclines. I'm repping it. Then all of a sudden, you know, I remember when he hit 135, 45 on each side, and he was so excited. He's like, dude, I always wanted to hit 135. And I'm like, Ooh, now you're doing it, and now you're going up. Now, last time we did inclines, I think he got 245, you know, inclines, clean. And, you know, it's funny because when you see your body grow and change and get stronger like that and you're sitting there and you're able to start repping that much weight repeatedly, it really, really builds your self-esteem. It builds your confidence and it builds your body, especially when you do it properly and healthy. You don't get in there trying to do 700 pounds on squats. That's absolutely asinine and stupid. There's no benefits of doing that. I've seen guys in the gym before. They, they throw all this weight on squats. They, they get off the rack and they're shaking and they go down for like a quarter of a rep. They got four guys spotting them. They rack it. Oh, I just squatted 500 pounds. I mean, no, you didn't, bro. You just compressed all your discs. Like there was no benefit in what you just did there, especially on squats like that, putting all that weight on your spine, you know, for a quarter rep. And so it's really important that you use wisdom and don't ego lift in the gym so you can continually train as you get older and you're not dealing with a bunch of spine issues and hip issues and knee issues and shoulder issues. That's really, really important. So again, keep getting the truth out there. Also, too, this is interesting. This is just getting the heads up. Why I will tell you guys that there's some very strange things out there right now and why it's so important to watch your children anytime you're out and about in public. The uh, Border Patrol has now released a memo that they've arrested 21 criminal aliens within the last month with prior convictions for sex offenses against children. The Rio de Janeiro sector acting chief patrol agent Juan Bernal posted the mugshots of 21 aliens arrested with history of sex-related convictions with children. This is crazy to me. He said less than two months to sectors apprehended 21 convicted sex offenders attempting to enter the country illegally again. Due to the hard work and dedication of our agents, these dangerous individuals were not able to enter our country. You know, what's crazy is, I mean, like a couple of them, they were convicted for sexual assault on a child under 11. I mean, these are some sick individuals coming to the country, guys. This is why I've said there are certain people out there, you can't have a rational conversation with them. They don't understand anything like that. The only thing they understand is overwhelming firepower 
in order to shut them down when they're doing something illegally. And that's a dark way of looking at it, but you have to understand that you've got to be willing to do anything to protect your children, protect your family, protect your country if you have to. And these are the guys that they apprehended, they actually caught. Think about the percentage that they're getting through that have not been caught. So it's so important to stay vigilant. That's why I encourage my friends and family constantly talk about this with one another. Talk about this with your friends and family. Talk about the discussions that nobody wants to talk about. It's not a fun topic. It's not a happy, happy topic. Nobody wants to bring it up. I mean, I've brought stuff up before. People think, oh, I don't want to hear about that. That's too negative. I said, I didn't say it's not negative. I said, it's dark. I said, but on the other hand, too, at what point in time are you going to address it? If you see somebody walking towards you and they're pulling a knife, you're going to go, oh, my gosh, he's too negative. I don't, I don't, I don't want to do this right now. I'm going to cover my ears and close my eyes, pretend he's not about to stab me. You can't operate like that. Like that one guy, I mean, I commended him over in California, that surveillance video I showed you guys last week or a couple weeks ago. He was walking up to his front door. The guy's jumped over the wall and put a gun to him. He turned around, knocked the gun back, threw the coffee on him, drew his weapon, started shooting at him. I think he hit both of them. They're jumping over the wall. And then, of course, California encourages him by taking his concealed permit license. It's the stupidest thing I've seen. So, again, also understand your laws and your states. And if you're in a communist state, be very cautious of how you're handling situations or just get out of that state. Just my two cents. <laughs> but Cyber 10, my friends, C-Y-B-E-R, the number 10. Use it today for one day only for discounts on regular priced items only on the website at healthmasters.com. I appreciate all the support. Thank you for standing up, speaking freely, and being able to support one another and getting the show out there. This is how we grow. This is how we get the truth out there every day, and this is why we do it, to help you guys and help everyone around us to become stronger, become wiser, become more educated on a lot of these topics. So have a blessed, safe, awesome evening. Healthmasters.com. If you need anything at all, be sure to check out the specials and the kits, and be sure to use that coupon code if you want to grab anything. We'll talk to you again on this show tomorrow as always. Broadcasting to the U.S. and around the world by way of clear digital audio, 22,500 miles above the planet. This is the Global Star Radio Network. <laughs>